You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge and I am no chunk, except I am. And I'm Carter. Then let us be rid of it, once and for all. Come on, Mr. Frodo. I can't carry it for you, but I can chunk you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different movie. Wow. I just like wow. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's from all the football skills he learned in Rudy. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. But if you're listening intently, yeah, you, may have, you may have noticed that none of us is the hunk this oh. week. And that's because... I'm not even listening intently then. Surprise... <laughs> This is the first ever episode of Three Chunks and a Hunk, and hey, no. probably the only one. Our hunk this week is none other than Adam Gary Stout. Gary. Adam. Adam Gary Stout has been our uh, our audio engineer extraordinaire for exactly one calendar year as of the time of this recording. Amazing. He is the reason why when, like there's hesitation at first when someone says, hey, three of my friends do a podcast. You're like, okay. Even people who aren't picky are like, this is probably going to sound kind of warrant. Except for that, it does. And Adam, it doesn't. Adam's hard work has kept us from sounding warm. Yeah. He has because our natural state, I think, is pretty warm. Yeah, but yeah, it's real easy for us, the three of us in particular, to just warm it up. Yeah, you know? it's for a sure. Warm factory, but Adam is the diamond at the end of the coal. What? And he <laughs> fixes everything. <laughs> Adam. Is that what Aladdin had to find? <laughs> yeah. The diamond at the end of the goal. <laughs> so, Amazing. Thank you, Gary. Thanks, thanks, Adam. Gary Stout. Give him a big shout out. Everybody, thanks, Adam. He love just your dab- talk show. He just dabbed in the corner. Thanks, Adam. Can we... Uh, Revoke of hunk. <laughs> can we in post add a round of applause here? Just like, ah, so excited. Thanks. I'll, thanks, find, Adam. I'll find a really realistic sounding sound effect and I'll insert it here. Great. Well, thanks everybody for giving the big old claps and the big old slaps to Gary. Appreciate you. <laughs> Appreciate you. Appreciate you big time. So uh, let's not mince our words. Let's not mince our time. What does that mean? We're here to talk about a movie today, right? Am I wrong? You're, You're right. right. That's what I thought. Can we say what that movie is? Yes. That movie is The, the Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings, Rings, The Return of the King, King or The, the Return, Return of, of the, the Philosopher for our friends across the pond. That was try number one, friends. Yeah, we try nailed it. numero uno. We nailed that one. And of course, this movie is a part of our ongoing series known as... No, I think... Okay. okay. All right. So normally, I think I think we owe it to them, to the listener. Okay. We owe it to Adam. Yeah. Gary. Our sound guy. Yeah. To not have Gary. to go in and find the... I mean, a look, a look behind file. the music here. Like a, it's a file. Like it's Whoa, a clip. You're We've been doing... I'm so sorry. But we can make up for it by doing it ourselves right now. Let's I do it live. do it live. I have full confidence. Let's okay, do let's it. do it live. Okay, I'm nervous. Okay, let's do it. No, okay. no, let's do it. So this series is called... <gasps> do You Believe in Magic? Wow, we oh, really yes! crushed that. Guys, one. that sounded exactly 100% like the recording. Hundred percent worth it. We oh my gosh, it. we're so good. Wow, definitely wow. subscribe. Definitely. <laughs> 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 if for this quality content, for sure. Can subscribe. you believe it? 
Adam and, didn't even have to do extra editing for that one. And you know what the best part about being in this series is? Tell me. The best part is that it's time. Please. I'm ready. Yep. Yep. You know what I know it's what it time is. for? I do, in it's fact. It's time for I Am Doo Trivia. The part of the show where I say some stuff and you vote some stuff. Yep. What I have here is a piece of trivia. One taken from the dregs of the IMDb trivia section. And one made up from my own brain stem. But your brainstem has been killing it recently. Well, yeah, for you. real. Um, I, I'll set this up again. It is four to three. Doge is yep. winning. Yes, there are is. two episodes in this series left. So you have to tie it up. You right have to win right both now. of them. If I win this one, it's over. If you win this one, it's over. And I don't want this dumb like pink ribbon type thing where it's like, but this one's worth five points. Oh, that's not happening. We're not going to do that. We're no just going to keep going with it. And we're going to, it's okay. And remember listeners, Doge and Carter are voting on which one they believe I made up. That is how they win this game. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's Carter. go. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Trivia number one. <clears throat> Andy Circus performed both the motion capture and voice for the character Gollum and the live action likeness for Smeagol. Yeah. Trivia That's number so two. Stupid. The three movies were filmed simultaneously. What? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> Can you read them again? This I is can. serious. Trivia number one. Andy Serkis performed both the motion capture and voice for the character Gollum and the live action likeness for Smeagol. Trivia number two. The three movies were filmed simultaneously. I think you made up. Well, what are you doing? We count down, my man. One of them, but yeah. I won't say it now because I do remember the rules. Okay. I'm going to count you down. Three, two, one, go. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Two. One. Oh, I no. think you made up number two. The made-up trivia is trivia number one. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's yes. tied up. It's tied and there's one episode <laughs> left. This oh is gosh. everything I wanted. <laughs> Those were really bad. Those were really bad. Yeah. Yep. That's correct. The real trivia is the three movies were filmed. That has been trivia for all three of these movies. That is insane. Yeah. And when we mean simultaneously, we've mentioned this before, but what was so unique about this is they basically lived together for three years. Right. It's like, hey, you have holidays, but it's like a more than a full-time job. They were basically roommates. They kind of popcorn stuff. It was like, was it kind of based off of location at the time? It's I like, let's so. knock out yeah. all the Rohan stuff. Let's go over here. Here's all the Mount Dune stuff. Um, so I remember them talking about some of the extended stuff. It's like, it was really strange because one of the first things we filmed was Gandalf dying. Yeah. <laughs> and then you kind of have to just, and so that's, that's really interesting for their acting chops to be able to yeah. turn on and off different levels of emotion. Yeah. Not ne- necessarily chronological. Yeah. For real. So, uh, you know how it paid off for Return of the King? This specific movie is the most decorated Oscar film of all time. Yes, it is. Is it really? It's tied. Wow. What is it? 17? 11. 11? What's yeah, it, Return of the King has 11. What's Academy it tied with? It is tied with Titanic. Mm. There might be one more now that has 11. Can I give a spicy take real quick? Do it. I don't care for Titanic as I've a movie. never seen Titanic. I'm not interested in the slightest. Mm. Yeah, it got a lot of stuff. And I think it, it had to do with some of the reasons Lord of the Rings did. Um, granted, Peter Jackson did get like best director. It got best film and stuff like that. So did Titanic. They were probably they're probably almost carbon copies of each other. Except that I think Titanic did have some acting awards. It definitely didn't have DiCaprio because we know that. Well, sure. I think Titanic is about a boat, though. Oh my this gosh. one's more of a ring and magic little dudes. Other than that, they're the same. They're carbon copies. But this whole our whole series has been about comparing Titanic to <laughs> That's Lord right. of the Rings. Do you believe yeah. in tragic? Is yeah. the name oh, of dude, this series? Yes, yes. perfect. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, just right off the dome, friends. Speaking of off the dome, Doge, would you bring it home? I have but one question for your boy, the, the gnome. I'm a gnome now in this fiction. I'm out of rhymes. Would you give us a synopsis for this I movie? I sure will. Thank you. Uh, in this, the third part of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, oh. Aragorn and Gandalf lead uh, the forces of men against Sauron's armies. Uh to kind of give Frodo and Sam cover to make their way to Mount Doom. Lots of stuff happens along the way, and now's a great time to talk about that stuff. <laughs> Shall we talk about this movie? Yeah. What's our first thing, friends? Like, first thing to talk about? Very first thing that happens in this movie. First thing that happens is the flashback with nope. Smeagol and Deagle. Yeah. Can, we, can I dump on the laziness of naming them Smeagol and Deagle? 
laziness? I don't think that's laziness. I think it's that's uh, part of the part of the linguistics that Tolkien did. No, it's laziness. He well, should be in jail. <laughs> Where's okay. Tolkien now? I'll find. Fine, him. fine, perfect. But it was. I mean, we did also get to have a little bit of a flashback of Frodo and and Bodo. Yeah, yeah, Frodo and so, Bodo, and at yeah. least he's consistent. Um, I do want to take a minute to give a serious dump for real this time. Okay, on uh, I didn't love that Smeagol still had his weird voice. Yeah, like I not feel like fan. he should have. Yeah, sounded I would have, like a person. I would have thought that the ring, like what it did to his body, did to his voice. Yeah. So, and here's the thing, Smeagol. Frodo says you were a creature not so very different from a hobbit once, and I guess that means you just were a you hobbit. You were a once. hobbit. Yeah. Right. Because they're just hobbits. Like, they're yeah. not... Yeah, I don't know. It, it, Can we talk about how gross he looked in his in-between Gollum and I think, Smeagol I phase? I think in-between... I'm going to give you a spicy take. In-between would have been a better Gollum than full CG. Uh, I think he looked... I think so. Gross I think, and awesome, but I don't know. Something about Gollum. And, and I'm, I'm, I think that Gollum is obviously landmark CG character. I love, sure. love everything that they do with him. But... I think something about the in-between where it's a mix of the the prosthetic makeup and the CG like makes me feel like there's more of a person inside of it. I hear that. I get that. I don't know. Maybe not better. Maybe just different. Maybe I look at that and go, oh, that would have been cool. I wonder what that would have been like. Right. Yeah. I think a part of the reason that they wanted to actually have a C Andy Circus in the flesh was because they recognized how special this character was. And yeah. so it was like, we should give him some screen time. Yeah. It's as if Christopher yeah. Nolan was going to say, hey, Tom Hardy, at the end, why don't you just take the mask off? Yeah. You know, but they didn't. But it's kind of that kind of thing. I think he he was yeah. like, it felt like it was going to be a tip of the hat to say like, hey, it was this guy all along. And he's yep. actually a good actor. It's oh, him yeah. acting. So, And he was great. Even in the flashback scene, he was great. Yeah, it was yep. creepy. Did you know that he they was... had to like CG his legs to be skinnier because he's a rock climber in his spare time? And just really? like tree trunk muscle boy legs. Really? That makes more sense with him as Claw. Yeah. He's pretty yeah, jacked. Yeah. He's yeah. stocky. He's beefy in that movie. Okay, yeah. cool. That's so interesting. I didn't That's know that. That's crazy. Yeah, they had to CG his legs thinner because they were like, this does not look right. <laughs> and, and he that, also had a mustache. that's why he can crouch for so long. Yeah, he had a mustache. They CG'd that out. They CG'd they that just out. Gave him that's a why his top lip looks lip. weird. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, oh yeah, we are not, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I can't believe that made it. Yeah, okay. I know. You Sorry. weren't here a, for our DC series, so no, I feel like you still hey, have like- It's been a full year since I've seen Superman's fake mouth. Still, still is the worst thing I've seen. It's like, unbelievable. It's Before we move on, I do want to say it's a bummer to watch a movie and as soon as it finishes, go, this will be the last time I ever watch this. Yeah. And that's how I was about that movie. Anyway, yeah. not this movie though. No way. Let's keep going. So uh, coming out of the flashback sequence, I think the first thing we should talk about is our big three and the armies of men mm-hmm. sort of yeah. doing their thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can't start that without talking about the lighting of the, uh, was it the torches, the beacons of yes. Gondor? So cool. Yeah, one of the yeah. one of the best awesome. scenes. I love all the Gondor stuff that we get. Yeah, uh, I do too. It, it's it's really um John Noble does an excellent job as Denethor. I'm a, a big, big, big time John Noble fan. Right. Um his work in Fringe in particular is very, very good. Yeah. Um but yeah, he's so good as Denethor. Yeah. I Carter, I'm interested to get your take on the scenes of nope. him oh, juicy squishing Whoa. food in his mouth. Yep. Man, I can't super dump on that. <laughs> <laughs> because that has everything to do with me yeah. and nothing to do with this movie. Sure. But, oh, oh my gosh. I was so disturbed. I, I, he, it, for a fraction of a second, I was blinded and was like, this is the worst villain of all time. <laughs> Just because of how he eats. So this because of his, his mouth juices. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It was bad. What food was he eating that was just so like, wow. Cherry, cherry tomato. Little cherry tomatoes. Yeah, I'll never. Yeah, is there no, anything grosser to just nasty. pop in your mouth wakes one at a time? Up, wakes it's me because up because of the seeds. Yeah, it was so oh, gross. It was a lot, huh? So disgusting. So, and that is why Denethor is the worst villain of all time. <laughs> oh, uh, but no, we we've got sort of a a gathering of Aragorn and his boys with uh, the king of Rohan, right? Yeah, Theoden. King Theoden. Yeah, Theoden. Yes. and they're uh, sort of splitting off here at this point. We we see. Aragorn and the boys, known as Legolas and Gimli, heading off into the crevasse of death. Yeah, I think that's what it's actually called. The crevasse of the death. The crevasse of death, probably. Yeah. yeah, I think is. What is that? I figured Doge might know, but what is the, Alfred Hitchcock invented a Zoom? Yes. 
What is that called that they so, do with this? I don't know what it's exactly called, but essentially you're you're rolling the camera toward your target while you're zooming the lens out. And so right. the background just stretches way long behind them. Think, yeah. You've probably seen this in a horror movie with a character like in a hallway or something. They're zooming in and the background seems to stretch way behind them. I know we use this in Get Out a ton yeah. to make Chris feel alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we I love that. that. And I yeah. love how that's just, it's just a practical camera effect. Yeah. Um, but I thought of that and thought of you in that moment. But yeah, this is a, I mean, uh, it, it, it's so much about you are king. Mm-hmm. The king is supposed to do this. Yeah. Uh, and so he's down and this is maybe one of the, is this the most fearful we've seen Aragorn to go in? It's, Understandably, it's I think. Cause he's, he's not like a, what do you call a character that's just basic and like they never change like a Rambo or something like that. Like he's not static. static. Character? Like he's yeah. not yeah. static, but there's times that I look back and I was like, it does help to not make Aragorn static in terms of like when he closes Frodo's hand, like when he shows the like, oh no, I can't do this. This is for you. But He's pretty fearless, and he's. I think they do it well. I, I'm, that's why I'm having a hard time describing it. Yeah. yeah, it's like there's a certain kind of leadership that he portrays. Um, it's like I 100% trust this guy, and I also feel like he's human, but maybe he doesn't show it so much. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. to say. Well, yeah, I, think, I think he's a great embodiment of the mindset that courage is not lack of fear, but action in the face of fear. Dude, I think that he like yes is incredible when it comes to you know when he comes to the crevasse of death when he comes to the cave of ghost boys he I, I can tell you've read the books yeah he yeah. is afraid evidently and still still presses forward and I think that's what makes Aragorn such an effective king and such an effective movie leader mm-hmm. is we get to watch him and root for him all the time and he always comes through even yeah. in talking about the way he's written, because you have to take Tolkien's own experience into account. Carter, you mentioned a few episodes ago about his time serving in World War One, Right. Um, when he's setting out to create this kind of mythic hero, this king figure, um, he's leaning into uh, something that mythic writers have done for a long time. It's been called Aristotelian Virtue, where your lead hero, your main protagonist, uh, or in this case, I guess, just your heroic figure, um, best embodies the values that are central to your culture and his culture. Mm. And so um, I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Courage uh, is not lack of fear, but action in the face of essentially insurmountable odds. Um, and so we can kind of, I don't know, maybe maybe it's reaching, but it doesn't feel like reaching to me to draw yeah. the line between um, courage in World War One and courage in the face of those kinds of odds right. and say, well, this is, this is what Tolkien was drawing from when he wrote Aragorn the Courage sure. to go down into Death Rock Crack. Sure. Well, and I mean, you look at, let's talk about somebody like, you mentioned Rambo, so I'll just jump back to him. You look at somebody like Rambo, and Rambo is fun, or a John Wick is fun because you know they're going to jump headfirst into anything and just beat stuff up, and that's awesome. That is a ton of fun to watch. I would argue a more effective main character and a more effective emotional draw is somebody who experiences fear. Right. And in this case, still moves forward. Mm -hmm. And still acts. Yeah. And we're, I mean, if you were to just jump in at any point of this current episode without us mentioning names, we could be talking about Frodo right now. We could be talking about like a lot of different things, but these, these are three separate stories Mm -hmm. that feel completely different, but it's the same story. Like it's the same skeleton here. And I I think it's, it's brilliant. When we, in, in Return of the King, we have sort of, you know, our, our ducks are in a row and our Everything is ready to burst. Right. And and that feeling for me is evident basically from the get-go. And that makes this a very tense watch for me. Oh, yeah. Even knowing what yeah. happens, it just makes this whole movie a very like, yeah. it feels like a ticking time bomb. Where I'm going, Return oh, of the on, King on, is like, it's like the gospels. Of, yeah. Like once, <laughs> yeah. once you get to these stories, you're like, it's okay, here's, here's the Gethsemane moment. Yeah. yeah. Like, do I really have to do this? Yeah, I've got to do this. And yep. it's just like this awful, but you know it's coming. And boy, man, they deliver. Mm. Yeah. Um, the Expanse, uh, they continue to use extras so well. Um, the armies feel massive, but they still Ugh. feel like it still has an Alamo feeling to it. Have the orcs Especially gotten grosser? Orcs have gotten grosser. They've the one, gotten a little like grosser. The tumory one is yeah. particularly gross. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to dump, though, on on something about... Uh, the armies, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I, the Oliphants, they're at Minas Tirith, right? Yes. They're not at the Black Gate. Right. No. But we fight the Oliphants at Minas Tirith. Um, I, I want to dump on the Oliphants. They're way too big. 
that that totally strains believability to me. And I don't know why it does. Maybe because I'm a dinosaur dork. And they're like AT-AT size. I happen to know that that if a mammal was that size, based on the temperature that we can infer that it is in this world, because people aren't freezing to death, if a mammal was that size, it would actually cook itself to death with its own body heat. And, right? and there's like, not enough food. Yeah, no, like it, it would legitimately, its organs would legitimately cook. Like it would bake internally if it was that big. Wow. Um, when Tolkien wrote these, he said that they were prehistoric in size. And so we can look back at, Mammoth. Yeah, they were they were about the size of a mammoth, like a really, really large Asian elephant in his mind. And they went kind of big. This movie, I don't know. It it in some of these action set pieces, I think we tend toward excess rather than finesse. Mm. Like it's not the Hobbit. I promise it's not the Hobbit, but it's a little bit I don't know. I get the sense that we start to move that direction. Do you guys feel that? This uh, there was a little bit I of don't. it. I th- I think um yeah, because this was some of the more open-ended stuff because it was like, yes, they're at this battle and there is some lore attached to it. Like when we see essentially the army of shredders yeah. walking into the Black Gate, it's like, yeah. oh, it's crazy because this place we've been in, immersed in is not everything. Like, mm-hmm. This isn't yeah. it. There's it's almost like discovering happening. another universe. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh no, like Sauron's reach extends further than you think. Yeah. Like yeah. the Far East and the things south. like that. Yeah. And so now we have these things that are even foreign to the people we've, been watching the whole time. Yeah. And so I, I've i always been one who was for... Remember, I loved the little dune-like earthworms, like the, the worms yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Battle of Five Armies. I'm always for um, a respectful amount of room to be creative. And so that's why I'm more okay with it. Um, it. It didn't feel like to me that it was like, oh... I mean, that's interesting to see Black Panther in this episode, but I don't really know anything about, you know, it's yeah. like, which Marvel doesn't even do, but I'm trying to think of another example of like, people are just adding on. Just and throwing adding stuff on. in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've already dumped on Justice League a little bit. It's not putting a Green Lantern in the beginning flashback of your movie. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, For sure. I, I don't know. I hear what you're saying and I totally understand it. It just doesn't bother me at all. There's something about, I don't know. I think the reason that I love Helm's Deep so much is that it feels so grounded. It feels so like real to me and visceral in a way that, big giant CG elephants don't quite hit that mark for me. We have complete opposite reads. Really? I would prefer the battle at Minas Tirith 10 times out of 10 really? over Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep is cool, but to me, Helm's Deep is so grounded that it becomes boring because it's just trading shots back and forth for like 45 minutes. Whereas the battle at Minas Tirith, there is something that we are watching and there is a spectacle happening in front of us. Yeah. And so huh. it feels worth the time that it's given. Not for the sake of the podcast, but I'm in the middle. I really am between the two of you guys. Yeah. Um, and I always love when this kind of stuff happens. Yeah. Um, really, ultimately, I think the elephants are so big because imagine, okay, imagine we have, this is going to seem weird, but uh, like Tony Hawk. He can't really do oh, yeah. a skateboard Relatable. move on a mammoth. Yeah. But he can on an elephant. He That's can true. On an elephant. Which yeah, it would have right. been cool to see if someone tried to do. I Can know it's not stupid and there's no place for that in a movie like this. But I think it would have been really cool if someone tried to like do a skateboard trick yeah, on you're, the trunk you're, of the... You're baiting me into it. I'm going to dump on that. It's not my <laughs> super dump, but I'm going to dump on Legolas surfing down the nose of this giant elephant. I'll dump or, on that too, but can I pump on his ascent? Yes, the that was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, the ascent is it was awesome. Up. Yeah. Like... It was. It felt real because it wasn't just like one, two, three, and right. I'm up. Like it took him some time to get up there. Right. And I thought that there's was there's fun. plenty of things that he does, and it, it, and when I watched it again, it looked weird. But the the concept that's like this horse is moving at full speed. I'm just going to grab it and swing up and get on the horse. Like there's things that you of all of them, athletic prowess. Like Legolas is the peak, mm. right? And so we're yeah. supposed to be able to say these kinds, see these kind of things. Uh, Gimli's not really. You can't call it prowess, but just the fact that he is just the most condensed amount of strength that yeah. you'll ever see because he's so tiny, but he's still just... There's there's a little bit of a Magoo that happens in Two Towers that we didn't talk about, like when the warg falls on him and happens to die yeah, yeah and that yeah. kind of stuff too. But you get to do it with Gimli because he's really the only one that that happens he's Magoo-y. to. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. <clears throat> well, and I, I think that I want to pump also on Legolas and Gimli's keeping count of their kills. It's yeah. so yeah, much fun in this movie. It's, it's really so fun. much fun. It really is. Um, do we want to, if we're kind of talking about, if we're trying to piece together this army a little bit, um, do we want to talk about the army of the dead right now? Because sure. we started talking about the crevasse of death. Yeah, that's fine yeah. with me. Um, army of the dead's super cool. Yeah, yeah, I really, really love it. Yeah, I do too. I thought they did that really well. One of my favorite moments in this movie is a lonely Aragorn stepping off of the ship and then yep. oh, ghost Oh my army. gosh, yes, yes. So good. So good. Because then we also have um, 
another one because we've got the Oliphants. They're, we're supposed to think they're from a different area than the Shredders, right? Yeah. From the east. But then we have these like seafaring... The pirates. Yeah, crazy pirates. pirates. Yeah. Yep. So... And they... Yeah, yeah there's a, a little bit of... I don't know, a little bit of unclarity of like, okay, so they killed the pirates and took their boats. You know what I mean? I, I think that is what happened. Yeah, I just... Yeah. This movie is three hours and 20 minutes long. So I know that we can't show that, but I wish that we had showed that a little bit. Right. Right. It was cool to see how they fight though. Like to see how they were just essentially a swarm. Like completely different from the goblins in Mordor. Or yes. uh, not uh, Moria. Yeah. But it was just kind of a… Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did it… Did Were they invincible? I don't think they can die. Okay. Because they are dead. What is dead may never die. Gotcha. And so they get to do this. The point that they're doing it for is like the king would return. They want to complete their... And go to yeah. heaven. Yeah. They're, they've been or cursed. They want to go bye-bye. Cursed yeah. to not rest because they betrayed their allegiance to the first king. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Mutinous type. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Um, while we're talking about Minas Tirith, um, I'm going to go ahead and super dump right now. My super dump was my intro quote. I hate nothing in this movie more than when Eowyn kills the witch king of Angmar. What? And says, he says, no man can kill me. And she rips off her helmet and does a hair flip and says, I am no man and stabs him in the face. No way. You hate that? I I can taste the cheese. Like if I open my mouth, cheese whiz would come out onto a Ritz cracker. No. It is, it, it is, Hold up. Uh, listeners, I get to do this very special thing. Not, not only am I like on the podcast, you get to see these moments. You're never going to know. <laughs> How tense it got in the air when Super Dump and he starts talking about that and Jordan can tell exactly what he's going to say. <laughs> like, I thought me. there would be bows, like <laughs> throwing punches, but I'm going to leave it to you guys now and then I'll just be here in case uh, you can there's mediate. blood. Yeah. yeah. Carter, will you tell Jordan that I just think that this is dumb? <laughs> like it, It's like, I don't know if reductive is the right word, but it just no, like... No, 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 no. It, it was it, literally the witch I'm king. sorry. I'm sorry. I need you to talk to Carter. <laughs> talk to me about this. Uh, I think... I think that it's phenomenally stupid. The witch king of Angmar goes out like a witch. The witch king of Angmar misunderstood his own prophecy. That's the whole point. You get that? Is that why you don't think it's awesome? This is a real question. I'm not. Will you talk to Carter, please? (sighs) Hey, listen. Jordan wants to know, do you understand that it's not like a real prophecy? That he misunderstood his own prophecy. Will you ask Jordan where where that is? Is What's your source material on that, Jordan? Book. Book. If it's that important... If it's if it's something that I need to understand for this scene to make sense, it needs to be in the movie. I can't hear you when you don't speak through Carter. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Exactly. Here's the thing. Uh, I get I get how it could seem out of nowhere without that understanding, and I get that it's relying on. I think I'm not shocked that it doesn't work for you. I'm shocked that it's your super dump. I think because the prophecy that w- was given is that a man will not be able to kill the witch king. What he doesn't understand is that meant literally a male. And so that's why he has gone for so long thinking he was an invincible person is because he thought that man he could not be killed by man alone. I'm super into that idea. Then I guess my super dump is the, like, why on earth did we not include that? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that for sure. That's an easy Gandalf voiceover. Yeah. Like, uh, whenever he's talking about the Witch King of Angmar, the same writer who stabbed Frodo, has been prophesied that no man can kill him. And he believes this makes him invincible. That's easy. That adds five seconds to yep. the movie. I agree. Missed opportunity. I agree. But that is your super dump. You stand by it. Yeah, I stand no, by it. Fair. I just have never liked that moment. I hate you and I hate it, but that's Good. fair. Perfect. So, you know, no big deal, I guess. Uh, Actually, don't, don't like the wobbly sound that the fell beast makes when she cuts its head off. The wobbly sound? Do you, you guys never notice the wobbly whoa, whoa, sound whoa, whoa, of his whoa, whoa, whoa. neck? Does it's exactly it really? That. His neck goes... <laughs> <laughs> exactly that sound. Hey, let, me, let me throw this in there, though. I want a super dump right now. Since you've led me to it. You're going to just super dump. It'll be the first time a super dump has been on another host. Yeah. yeah I'm going to super dump, dump Doge. on Doge's face. Fine. No, Fine. I, I want to super dump on how how weak Arwen looks as a character in comparison to Eowyn. Yeah. Oh, that's good. The inclusion of… Because Arwen in Fellowship was so awesome and so strong. That's and true. so free-willed and so powerful. We even see her bleed. Yeah. Right? She gets cut. And then in Two Towers, we see… You know, not a lot of Arwen, actually. But what we get of her is just more of the same kind of... And then now it just seems like, in contrast to Eowyn's courage and her will to fight and survive, Arwen just kind of seems like 
the female MacGuffin that Aragorn is fighting for. That's exactly it. Our Eowyn demonstrates agency. Yeah. And even though I th- I think it doesn't work in the movie, she takes her fate into her own hands. Sure. And Arwen just sits and cries over Aragorn. And and I, I hate to say it, but because I love Liv Tyler and I think that Arwen's a great character for the most part, but my, my super dump has to be that now by contrast, by comparison, Arwen looks like a much worse character. Yeah. I think. I totally yeah, get that. I, I, I would agree. I think what that might do too is take away from, it, it makes Aragorn feel like he didn't make the right choice. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And that's a big problem. Yeah. But moving forward from the fight at Minas Tirith, we've got sort of a diversion plan that the men and uh, the elves and all of those boys put together. Distract, distract Sauron. Yeah. And I love this. At the Black We Gate. also, yeah. I think we need to bring up, we've got bad boys coming from everywhere. And we can actually, we get a really good detailed look at Minas Morgul. Yeah. Which is the the glowing green type area. Yeah. It, it felt a lot like Vader's crib yeah. from Star Wars with yeah, all the red one. and the lava and stuff. But this was just kind of a dead take on that. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. But well, yeah. let's jump over there now to okay. uh, to Frodo, Sam, and Gollum climbing that. Uh, Realistically, that I think we can hang out with our hobbits for yeah, I about think this the, is the rest, rest of, of our talk. Episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, other stuff happens with the boys and the men, uh, but you know. which we'll talk about Black Gate and stuff yeah. Yeah, at the end. But that's when everybody's close. But Frodo and Sam and Gollum are climbing this. Well, first of all, we see Sauron's enormous army leave yes. this place. Yep. yep. Holy moly! And, and the we fact- get the worst noise of all time from the yeah. hobbies. <laughs> yep. I literally had to turn my. I was just like, man, we're gonna turn this down. And yeah. It's, <laughs> it's I. It is so tense. I love this pathway for them to climb up because I I would be terrified to Ugh. sleep. They yeah, sleep no so way. close. No they way. Sleep they sleep so close. on the edge. Oh, but I, I love how literally the whole time to kind of show you the massive size of the army, anytime in the background, the further and further they're they get away, they're out. still coming out, yeah. which I think is so awesome. Crazy. Yeah, it's so cool. I love that part. And we get, we get them climbing the steepest steps in the whole wide world. And Gollum starts to plant some seeds of doubt in Frodo's mind about his and friend then Sam. Later, crumbs of doubt. Crumbs on of doubt. Sam. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember vividly as a kid being like, "Why would Frodo believe this?" Right. And I understand now that that is another influence of the Ring. Yeah. And, oh, for and sure. And I just feel like it's so a scene that I did not appreciate when I was younger. I now love. Well, actually, if you read the book, there's a prophecy about Frodo and Sam that they're going to desert each other. And it, I know it might not make sense to you. You don't have to get defensive because you looked dumb. You don't have to get defensive <laughs> because you did that. So Smeagol breaks up our hobbit friends. Yeah, he does. Smeagol becomes the wedge in between them. Um, Sam falls. And, and, and Frodo sleeps on the wedge. And on the Goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> Sam falls down about a hundred stairs. For real. Like falls so far. Uh, can we skip ahead to Frodo Frodo and the spider? Sure. This is like a children's story. Frodo and the spider. Frodo yeah. and the spider. Um, Shelob. Shelob is absolutely horrifying. Worst spider She's in the all worst. of movie history. Well, I hate her. She scares me so much. We've spent a lot of time around giant spiders and Do You Believe in Magic? Shelob is the very worst the of all. The worst of them. one. Yes. <laughs> very much. I get yucky chills when like I think about movie, her. Like this movie, it's like the Lord knew. I love Lord of the Rings so much. She's like, let's see how much. I'm going to give you five minutes of smacking on a cherry tomato. Yeah. You'll never see it coming. Yeah. And I'm going to give you the scariest spider of all time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. In the, okay, funny story. Have y'all been to Animal Kingdom in Disney World yeah, in Orlando? Yes. Have y'all been on the Bugs Life ride? Yes. It's super interactive. Mm-hmm. At one point, spiders fall from the sky. Nope. Yep. It's the worst. I cursed. <laughs> you did a cuss word? We're at Disney World. Many people laughed. Some kids did as well. Probably the first time they've ever said it because I said it. <laughs> I probably changed the complete trajectory of their lives <laughs> because of spiders. All so, those kids are in jail now. How does They're that all work? In jail. Is it like a 3D thing? It's like a it's, 4D ride. So there's like, a lot of, yo, guys, y'all are going to see, you're going to hear so much value for being fans of this podcast. I'm going to save your life. When you go in there, when the bees come out, when the wasps come out on the Bugs Life ride, scoot up on your chair. Yep. Scoot up on your chair. Because Jordan, what happens is, you don't know it, but your chair is interactive. And a little thing pokes you in the back. Thumbtacks? Like right when you're supposed to be like getting stung. It's not worth it. It's a trick. 
Don't no. even go in that stupid tree. Well, if we're talking about Disney rides, the Lilo and Stitch one, he burps chili dogs in your face and I almost threw up because of how I, bad it smelled. I can imagine that smell in my mind right now. Have we talked about that smell on our podcast before? I don't know. It's the worst. I almost threw up. Yeah, it's the worst. Anyway, let's talk about Lord of the Rings and not Do you believe in Magic Kingdom? Nasty chili dog burp. <laughs> Anyways, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's good. She, I, honestly, guys, what this probably is, is my anxiety trying to have us not talk about this spider. Yeah. <laughs> But we should. Let's skip she over is it. yucky. Sam defeats her. Oh, Sam I mean, comes back. Really Sam returns triumphantly. Happens here is yes. that Sam shows back up, defeats her, assumes, and goes to rescue Just his assumes boy Frodo. Frodo is dead. Yeah, Frodo looking bad. Yeah, Frodo is. He got bad. stung. Frodo super. And it pale. is a nasty, crusty spot. But when when Sam shows back up and he oh he's got the sword and yeah, he's got dude. the tear. Oh, we're here. Oh. Nope, nope. I'm not talking about it yet. I'm going to go ahead right now and say that Sean Astin is my super pump for this movie. Amazing. Sean Astin's performance is like in a complete other league from every other cast member. In really? this for me. Yeah. It's a travesty he is, that he… Okay. I'm he is wait. phenomenal. He's <laughs> phenomenal. Okay. So he rescues Frodo from Minas Morgul. Um, he's had the ring this whole time. And together they make their final journey to Mount Doom. Mm-hmm. Is there anything on the way we need to talk about, or can we go inside the volcano? Uh, nope, I mean, the, we cannot go inside the volcano. The undercover. I mean, to have on the the armor, and they're like around the armies um, to walk through there. There's been def- several times before to where I've been at some kind of event, and I have thought of the analogy of like I feel like Frodo and Sam right now. I don't belong here. <laughs> and I don't want anyone to figure this out. Giant armor. It could be my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we can't go inside the volcano. What do we have first? Because we have my favorite scene in maybe movie history, but at the very least in this trilogy. My Take super pump. When Sam and Frodo, after disposing of Gollum a while back, have gotten most of the way up this mountain and they collapse. We have oh, yeah. what I think should have been an Oscar winning performance from Sean Astin. Not even a nomination performance. And That's insane. We have the moment. This is... This is why Sam is my favorite character. This is why Sean Astin deserves all of the smooches and hugs. And before I talk about it, I want to take 10 seconds and jump back to the tower where he rescues Frodo and point out that Sam is the only person in the entire trilogy who willingly returns the ring to Frodo. The only person who has it in his possession and just hands it back to him. Hmm. That's a big deal. They don't make a big deal of it, but that's a big deal. Everyone else either says no or wants to keep it. He just hands it back. On the mountainside, Frodo falls, and Sam and Frodo are reminiscing a little bit about the Shire, not as much as they do at I the end. I can't recall the taste the of bread. food. Oh, food, <laughs> that's what it is. And uh, Sam says, we got to go. Frodo says, I can't. And Sam says, well, I can't carry the ring, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. And he picks him up, and he takes him the rest of the way. And that embodies this story for me. That embodies Sam as a character for me. This moment is the moment where Sam becomes the hero that I think he was being set up to be the whole time. He literally carries his brother's burden to the fire. And this is why Samwise, Sean Astin, however you want to spin it, my super pump for not only this movie, but this entire series. Lord of the Rings or right. do you believe in magic? I'm not to that point yet. Okay. But yeah. for do you believe in the magic? Do you believe do, in the magic? Do you believe no. in the Lord of the for Rings? For Lord of the Rings... Sean Astin, Samwise Gamgee is the super pump to end all super pumps for me. So he did win a, an award. I just dove deep. He won the Saturn Award. Oh, okay. Which is like the Academy of specifically science fiction, horror, and fantasy. Which is great. People recognized it. I, I only wanted to have like to back up what y'all yeah, are yeah. thinking and what I'm thinking. Yeah. So. Cool. We're inside the volcano. Frodo's about to throw the ring into the lava. G-Bones shows back up. G-Bones. First time and last time we'll ever refer to Gollum as G-Bones. <laughs> well, we'll see. G-Bones shows back up. Uh, Runs in. Does a does a fingy bite. Does a, does a fingy bite. <laughs> he falls in the lava. Um, can we jump to the ring is destroyed? Is there more that we need to talk about here? Uh, I just want to take a second to acknowledge the like full ending of Gollum. And like the yeah. sadness present. Right. Uh, to me that is… It's almost like he has a moment of realization of this was not worth it the second before he dies. He's excited. He's happy. He sees it. And then it's, oh, what have I done is the look in the face that I got. The the Visually, you can do this if you're an Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator. If you're a robot from the future, you can sink in lava without immediately just melting and burning up. Right. Gollum wouldn't sink in this like it's marinara sauce the way that he does in the movie. <laughs> right. 
Like he would he burst would into flames. Burst into flames. He burned to a but crisp. Like like Anakin. Lava. Think about what happens when Anakin's stump yeah. touches lava yeah. and his whole body catches on fire. But it's magic lava. Maybe. Then From he's magic. Then he's magic G bones. Well. Oof. You've gone back on your word. That'll be my stage name when I do my solo podcast. <laughs> magic G bones. I'm Doge. Magic G bones. Yuck. Ring is destroyed. Ring is destroyed. Um great ending. I think it was a great which, which ending. Well, I'm talking about in the actual destruction. I'm talking about they they could have not done this well enough. Like they could have done yeah. too much. But I thought it was good. I think the tower falling. I think the eye darting around looking terrified. Yeah. Um, so good. And we do we mean to talk about the battle outside of the gate? Do we not? I don't know that there's a lot to talk about. I, I love it. Is there much? I mean, if, unless you've got something. Specific. Aragorn's speech is one of the better oh, yeah, inspirational yeah, so war true. speeches that's, that's I've heard. So true. Um, but not this day. Not this day. Amazing. Yeah. So true. Um, the pictures of them being surrounded. Um, the line between Gimli and Legolas is like, I never would have thought I'd die by an elf. He said, why not a friend? He said, yeah, that works for me. Yeah. yeah. Like it was great. And you stuff. had all these it's guys good. and it's, it looks like the end. There's only one way out and they pull it I guess off. that is a really good character moment for our, our non-Hobbit friends and even two of our Hobbit friends, I guess. A good character moment for them to say like, we are riding into this knowing that unless Frodo destroys the ring right now, we will die. This is our last move. Like we're, we're putting all of our stock in Frodo. Yeah. Right and now. when the ring is destroyed too, I mean, just the wave of like what, what goes out and then a lot of them are just dropping dead and I, I thought it was just done so well. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's a good point. I love it. I agree. There it is. That's good stuff. Um, Let me talk about the endings. Endings. Of this movie. That is a small dump for me. I don't know an, a way around it. There's a lot of endings. Yeah. Um, but I, I was fully engaged in all of them. I didn't want the movie to end. Sure. But there was a lot of false flags. Of, oh, you this know what? Movie you ends know what's bigger times. than a small dump? Oh, no. Super I dump. I might know. Super dump. Super dump because my super pump is where it should have ended. When they say you bow to no man. Yeah. You're not bowing to anybody. We bow to you. Yeah. And we finally have the hobbits getting... The credit that they didn't even ask for yeah. because they're hobbits. But it's given to them. And it's the the voice of that credit is perfect. The way Aragorn delivers it, he's got the crown on his head. He's like, no, uh, I have not even let this corrupt me. I didn't let the ring corrupt me. I closed your hand. I'm not going to let power corrupt me. And then you're like, man, he's going to be set. The world of man is good for a long time. Yep. And it's funny in a fantasy world, we get to we get to relate to Aragorn more because he's human, right? Isn't that strange? Yeah. Like to be like, yeah, I relate to him a lot, man. Way to way to as if we've got any competition against these fictional characters, <laughs> right? Bro, way yeah. to represent our culture. It's we, like, we did it. You're yeah. representing people, you know. Like, yeah. like we, you get so immersed in the movie that you're like, oh, because it is. You know, there yeah. are dwarves yeah, in the yeah. world and elves. But I think when they bow, what a what a powerful powerful yeah. moment, big time. Um. Because that's the whole point of the story is the significance of the least of these. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, most of the judges in the Bible, least Gideon, like it's like as you know, it's like the Lord saying, "Hey, man, you sit right up here with me." You know, it's 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 amazing. And so that was my super pump. Should have been over uh, at DBU. I created an event. I used to be a student events coordinator, and I said because they were like Carter. It was like my second year there. They're like, "We're gonna. You've been doing well enough. We're gonna let you create something." I said, "Cool." Um, what are the two things I love the most? Lord of the Rings and wings. I was like, let's call it Lord of the Wings. They To this day, they still do some wing-related type mm-hmm. thing during the first week of school. My dumb idea, though, was we're going to invite all the students. We're going to watch the whole trilogy and eat wings. It was like two in the morning, and this was already the part that I knew it should have ended, and there were like 12 people left, which I should have been respecting them more for, for, <laughs> for being like, yes. But it's like... You bow to no one. And then they bow to the hobbits and I turned it off. It was a giant screen in the gym. I was like, all right, good night. It's when it should have ended. And I just left because I was like, this one should have ended anyways. It's a better experience. But I don't think we needed more. Now, the book does even more than what the movie does. Yes. And the, they, if they were going to do it, they should have done it like the book does. They go back to Hobbiton and Sauron is there and he has taken over. And so now we get to see them fight him by themselves. No help from wizards, no help from kings, no help from elves, dwarves, and they did it themselves. That would have been great. Um, but then you've given me some more of the stuff that kind of bothered me about Gandalf going from gray to white, the gray havens. It's like, okay, I guess you don't really have to explain it. And it's even pointed to Frodo that it's like, I, no one really understands it. It's like us trying to talk about heaven, and I get the reference. But 
it just drug on. It should have been over. I think we should have ended at them bowing at the hobbits, and I think everyone would have been cool. Yep. See, I actually, I actually want to. So to be clear, your super dump is the multiple endings, and your super pump is where it should have ended. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna pump on <laughs> the nature of the multiple endings. Okay. I actually, really love that we don't end our story where we think that it should end. I actually love that kind of little bit of subversion of us thinking like, okay, everything's great now because they don't bow to the hobbits. And then we get the voiceover from Frodo where he's like, how do you pick up the pieces of a life that's been shattered by yeah. this? There are right. some things lo- that are I too deep. That. And I love that I love that we get that Frodo leaves and he says, Sam, we saved the Shire, but not for me. We saved it for you, for people yeah. like you who are going to pick it up and have a normal life. Well, yeah, that you, is a good line. I think you especially see the parallels to Tolkien's war experience there. Of yeah. How do you come back home to the place yep. that you saved when it's not yeah. saved for you anymore? The world is already ruined for me because of what I've seen and what I've done, right. but it's saved for you. And, and I that's do, worth I do it. love that. I, yeah. That's good. I, I could have been on board with having that be the ending after the bow and not including maybe some of the other superfluous yeah, stuff. Yeah, even if, if, I mean, we're, it's a movie, so it's take liberties after they bow. Frodo pulls Sam aside and says, hey, I'm not going back. Yeah. And Sam says, what do you mean? He sure. says, I can't go back. How do you pick up the pieces of a life? You know, and that's sure. where we ended. And it's over right there. I like that. Yeah. But I just, I don't Still know. keep the same theme. Something about that. I like, I want to keep that like, it's a bittersweet ending. Yeah. I like that it's bittersweet. And so I think I know why your opinion is this way, but I, I know you will vocalize it better. But I think you've dumped a lot. I don't know if you've ever super dumped on it, on how Harry Potter movies end sometimes not where they should what's different about these endings to me i don't know i I think that these endings uh they're rooted in character and they're rooted in the broader stakes Uh, historically when i've had a problem with the way harry potter movies end it's voldemort's back and that sucks but hey i got a brand new broom freeze frame on my face you know what i mean like right right like weird stuff where it's like that doesn't feel natural to me it wouldn't feel natural to say okay everything's normal again Sauron's gone. The threat's over. Everything's normal again because gotcha. it can't sense. be. Um, I don't know. I, I prefer it to be rooted in character yeah. like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Great comparison though. I'd okay. forgotten that I did that about Harry Potter. Listeners, in the studio where we record, there was just about 10 seconds of silence. <laughs> and I think it is because the weight of Lord of the Rings is off of our shoulders now. Yeah. I think it is because we felt the literal weight <laughs> the, the biggest, maybe biggest trilogy of all time lift off of our shoulders and go, it's over. <laughs> yeah. It's done. It's done. Certainly some of the most important movies to me. And I think like, as I've been listening back, I've listened to our Lord of the Rings episodes and going like, man, I'm like, we're all kind of just being really serious. Like borderline, like tinfoil hat. Like yeah. you've got to understand Aragorn is the true embodiment of the nobility <laughs> yeah. of man. And it's like, it's so hard to be funny. It's so hard to be, same like, time be like, this goofy. matters to me. But it really does. Like this story matters so much, yeah, at least to, me, to me personally. Like this is, this is one of those things. And, uh, I've been like especially reflective on this in the news of Stanley's passing, but this is one of those stories that like has shaped me and has has made storytelling, particularly movies, but stories in general, so important to me and like yeah. such a huge part of the way that I define myself. So yeah, I think I would agree with that. Yeah, I this think is that just this a big series deal. Has has absolutely shaped my tastes at least, but yeah. also you know I joke uh, I go to counseling with a uh, professional counselor and. Uh, he often says that I have a poison in my veins of being raised by the Frodos and the Aragorns <laughs> and the Aragons and the Lynx and the Batmans of the world, where it's like I have this sickness in me where I am constantly, without even realizing it, weighing to see if it's something is quote unquote the right thing to do. Mm, and I have yeah. I have an underlying obsession with doing the right thing that I didn't know I had. And it's like this justice craving. And I think it is yeah. has been shaped by these movies where I watch these noble figures go, I don't care if this hurts me. Yeah. Right. This is the right move. Yep. And, and I don't know, I, I obviously, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but I, I I think the point is it was shaped by these things. Yeah. It was shaped by these types of stories. Yeah. And so it quite literally, and, and Harry Potter does this too, but it's just because of the timing and the influence of Lord of the Rings and how I was raised. But like it, it became a lens to the gospel for me. Uh, it was, uh, you know, without getting too deep, but it was, it was kind of a, I don't know. It was in a, uh, a language I understood, uh, not understood more than the Bible, but yeah. kind of a more like, oh, okay. And just to see that portrayed was, it was, it was really, yeah, overwhelming, huge yeah. influence. 
to stay in this space for just a second longer. I think that's why stories are important. That's why stories matter, particularly fiction. That's why it matters is because it takes things that are true and things that are good and turns them into a language that we can understand. And turns them to. turns them into stories that we can lose ourselves in and so we can grow and be better people because of the things that we experience and the yeah. stories that we're involved in. I agree. Anyway, that's a super deep, super like bitter, bittersweet, yeah. heavy ending. Yeah. But now I think it's probably time to rate the movie. Yeah, yeah. this movie's a stream movie. for me. Um, <laughs> God, I, God have forsaken us. It's so bad. Well, they've already given away two of the rating levels <laughs> that science has gifted us with the scientific cinema scale. And that scale, of course, that we here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have perfected is as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy Buy that that poster. poster. The next best thing that we can say is buy it. After that, it's going to be rent it. The next thing under that is stream it, followed by forget it, and last, but certainly least, God God hath forsaken us. I'll go first. Okay. This is one of those movies that I have trouble rating because like we just spent a lot of time talking about, this means so much to us, uh, to me in particular. This is... I don't know. This is one of those stories, I guess, that I feel like is my story. And so because of that, I want to rate this and own it, don't lend it by that poster. Objectively viewing it as a movie, I think there are, there are times when we tend more toward excess than we have in previous iterations in this series. I like this just a little bit less than The Two Towers, so I'm going to give it a buy it. Interesting. I have to do it compared to, you know, I said Two Towers was my second favorite movie of all time. Honestly, probably my top, if like a top 25, top 50 it's, it's, I don't know, unless, I mean, there's things like Fifth Element that are in there and that's because they're just a ton of fun and there's some nostalgia for me and things like that. But most of these are, are what I would consider really well-made movies. And so um, it's not that I'm looking at the fact sheet of 11 Academy Award wins and all this kind of stuff and I just like, well, I can't deny that. But it is, it's a legitimate uh, poster buy for me. Yeah. Uh, it's not a kind of thing either to where I'm like, well, if I bought a poster for a Keira Knightley movie, I have to buy a poster for this. It, it, I, I literally, it, yeah, it's, it's one of the better movies I've ever seen. And so it's, it's, a, it's a buy that poster most certainly. Yeah. This, this is my favorite movie we have ever reviewed. This is... Behind the Notebook? One of my, yeah, just Behind the Notebook. Uh, this is one of my top five movies of all time. This is an easy, no contest, own it, don't lend it, buy that poster for me. We also had some listeners send in some super pumps and super domes while we're here in this rating zone. Uh, Sheldon Norad said literally verbatim what you just said. He said, maybe my favorite movie of all time, definitely top five. Uh, his super pump is Aragorn's speech at the Black Gate. Yep. And his super sure. dump is the fact that the mouth of Sauron had to get cut from the theatrical release. Oh, yeah. Have mouth- you seen the art of that? Yeah. Dude, he's he's in the extended edition. Oh, yeah. The mouth of Sauron in the extended edition is killer. It's Horrifying. a great edition. If you've made it through this whole series with us watching the theatrical editions, go he's back great. and watch the extended editions. They're so much fun. Uh, Jordan Green also sent in Return of the King Pumps and Dumps. His super pump <laughs> is most of the six times I cried during this movie were during the poignant emotional scenes between Frodo and Sam. Super Dump is an incredible sequence of cinematography and film scoring is absolutely ruined by Denethor eating like a 13-year-old toothless chihuahua. Yes. Denethor does eat like a 13-year-old toothless chihuahua. That's an excellent illustration. Oh my goodness, Uh, what a great illustration. If anybody out there likes to draw, please draw Denethor as a toothless chihuahua. Yeah, that would be really great for me, I think. Uh, I just looked up what the mouth of Sauron looks like and I hate him so much. Yeah, he's the worst. But I also love him so much. Oh, he's so gross, huh? Ugh. Guys, special announcement for you. Um, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's for Me you. Well. It's, it's also for the fans of <gasps> Two Chunks. Um, if you're like us, you've kind of gotten lost in this series and forgot that there's more past Do You Believe in Magic. There is. Uh, September 4th was our first release of Do You Believe in wow. Magic. We've been here a long time. And here time. we are now. In the present time yeah. of November. I forgot what day it was. Time. The 16th, I think. <laughs> Something like We've that. We've been doing it for a long time. We have. Um, but anyways, it's... Guys, have you noticed how when you're driving around, you kind of see the, the Christmas lights are out? Sure. They are. And... It's getting revved It's up. never too early to announce Christmas is coming. Yeah. Right? I mean, Christmas comes this time each year. Every each year, all times. Mm. Yes. So, I have an announcement uh, we're going to go ahead and drop it right now on what our Christmas series is going to be. Carter. No. Guys, I think you should hallmark your calendars. <gasps> it's time for you to get ready for this. Um, I, I love this podcast because I'm on it. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. And it features me. Fair enough. But 
I also love it because we're kind of building a library. We're either building a library of something for you to go along with mm-hmm. during the holiday season and say, I'm going to watch the Harry Potter movies. Oh, I know these guys that have done reviews on this. This should be fun. Or man, Fast and Furious is a ride, isn't it? Yeah. You should hear these funny opinions about it. We've got, we've got maybe funny opinions. We don't know what to expect, but we maybe know what to expect. Anyways, the series is called Deck the Hallmarks, colon. Two Chunks and a Hunk presents Southern Living, presents three of the top Hallmark Channel original Christmas movies of all time. Uh, we are <laughs> so excited. So freaking excited about this. How do you feel about it? You excited? Oh my goodness. I, I yes. fully expect my heart to be warmed and my tears to be cried. It's going to be much much if, if my mother's reaction to these films is anything to go on, these are some of the greatest cinematic masterpieces of all time. <laughs> well, so. it's like I we looked know. back. We dove into the statistics of the podcast listenership. and We, we got like, a lot of 48-year-old women. Yeah, no, wait, what do we need? We need some more moms. We need some moms. <laughs> Gotta get those moms. Listen, if you need something to listen to while you're making your cranberry pie for the holidays or while you're wrapping your kids' Christmas Wii's and Nintendos, come check definitely out check out Deck our review. <laughs> and now, here's the thing. I don't know which movies we're doing. I don't remember what we had talked about doing. We're not revealing that yet. But here's what I do know. I feel pretty strongly that Melissa Joan Hart's going to show up at some point. <laughs> or Somewhere. Joey Lawrence. One no. of the two of them is going to oh, well, pop up. I think up. there's going to be Kurt plenty, Cameron, maybe. plenty of know. people that are like, why do I, why do I, I remember this? Here? Where are they from? <laughs> Leo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We're excited. Uh, we We're hope that you guys will, will tune in. This is going to be the three weeks in December uh, leading up to Christmas. Christmas is on a two chunks Tuesday this year. And I think it's, uh, it's because the calendar gods love us. Yep. That's true. And the other thing that I want to make sure that you're aware of is on November 29th, that is two days after we release the final episode of, do you believe in magic? We will be releasing a conclusion episode, the real final episode, the actual (laughs) secret final episode. And it's just going to be a short mini sode where we are just going to talk not about the movies, but about our thoughts and about sort of wrapping up, putting a nice Christmas bow on top of this wonderful series that we've been doing. Exactly. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So all the good stuff, as per usual, make sure that you uh, rate us, leave us a review on iTunes. If you want to help us out, please do that. Please, please, please do that. And please subscribe. Yeah, no, don't forget to subscribe. Are you going to be weird about it? What do you mean be weird about it? No, no, no. No, nothing. It's over. No, I don't mean anything. Good job. Yeah, guys, just go ahead and Everybody's done. I appreciate it. Wow, let's get out of here real quick before he goes crazy. (laughs) Okay, uh, two junks and a hunk. Jordan. Wait, people don't subscribe. No, No, Carter! Sometimes people don't even subscribe. No, well, oh my gosh. It's like there's a cherry tomato on each ear right now. (laughs) (laughs) The juice. The juice. Uh, Guys, uh, don't forget to rate as well. Listen, Carter, now that you mention it, uh, and and hopefully I'm cutting you off before you can be weirder about this, uh, if you leave us a review and you screenshot your review and you send it to us, you can send it to us on Instagram or to our Gmail, then you will receive a wonderful and lovely Christmas gift from us. Something we're really excited about sharing with the people who actually truly love us and not the people who just say that they do. Fakers and haters. Not You're not invited. Hakers. Need not apply. Is that it? Are we? That's yeah. all the announcements. So here's what I want to do. I want us to each go around the table for our closing moment and create a replacement sound for the juicy eating a sound that doesn't bother Carter. Oh, Carter, no, stop rubbing your head. This is going to be good. These sounds won't bother you. I don't know about this. Here we go. For two chunks and a hunk, my name is Jordan, and I say, yum, yum, yum. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Doge, and I say, yomp, 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 yomp. And I'm Carter, and I say, thank you. You're You're welcome. welcome. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.